0: It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but with all the current uncertainty, how do we know when and where to put our hard-earned money to work for us? It's easy to become distracted by that shiny object or the quote-unquote next best thing. So how do we determine which strategies will best align with our financial goals? Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies to build our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Danny Nichols. And I'm Chris Thompson. This is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing
1: Podcast.
0: Listen, if you're interested in passive real estate investing, but aren't sure how or where to get started, our passive investing guide walks you through the entire process from understanding the benefits to performing the due diligence. Download your copy today at twosmartassets.com and start taking action. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, and today our guest is Esther Rises lohenbein Esther is a realtor, investor, and syndicator who has successfully raised over $30 million and closed over $300 million in commercial real estate transactions. She is recognized as a serial networker and has a knack for connecting buyers, sellers, and investors. Not only is she a rock star in the commercial real estate world, Esther also holds a master's degree from Adelphi University. She's an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, and also a mother of eight. Esther, it's truly an honor to speak with you today. Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor to be here.
0: Absolutely, you know, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Super excited to speak with you. We see you all over social media doing major things, um, you know. And briefly, there uh, uh, we touched on your background there in the intro, but uh, really to kick this thing off, Esther. We want to make sure our listeners know more about you. So please share with us more about your backstory and your life before real estate and then the
1: events that led to where you are today. Well, first of all, that's an old intro, so the numbers are higher. <laughs> awesome. Since, yeah. um, I am a speech-language pathologist. I was practicing um, until about four years ago, just about, uh, when I moved to Rockland County And moving, I lived in Brooklyn, New York. I moved to Rockland County. So in Brooklyn, the speech therapy system was more simple. Once I moved here, there was a lot of traveling involved and I kind of got annoyed with it. Uh, I just, it was too much for me. Um, Another reason I decided to switch from being a speech language pathologist into the commercial real estate space was because um, I have a bunch of children and I was working with children. So it was working with children, coming home to children. It was, super draining for me I bet. Um, some people some people can do it like those mothers that are teachers like god bless them um uh, but it's it was for me it was um maybe i'm a massive extrovert and i was just like i felt like i wasn't fulfilled I, I didn't feel happy and fulfilled and i just needed something to i guess meet adults at some point in my day talk to somebody talk to an adult and um and just you know get myself out there and connect with people i like talking to people i get energized from uh, learning about people meeting people so i kind of dived into the space without having any mentor or anyone that inspired me to go into commercial real estate i kind of landed here like we have no idea how it happened but i <laughs> but I'm here um I, can, I i guess I was looking for a job that was going to fit my need and my uh, my personality. So here we are. Yeah. I'm back.
0: <laughs> oh, so, so you're good to go. I love to hear that. Oh, yeah. You know, that's, that's an interesting story. And I love hearing that. You know, we really love to hear people's stories about the transitioning into real estate, right? Because, you know, from person to person, some of the reasons for transitioning, they might be similar, right? I mean, from person to person, but really the stories and experiences are so different, including yours, right? So, so I'm kind of curious, your experience, you know, coming from a speed, Speech pathology into real estate, you said you kind of landed in there. Uh, what was that transition like for you? Were you nervous? Were you excited? Was it smooth transition? Did you run any speed bumps? What was that like for you?
1: Yeah, so many speed bumps. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I like that term actually. Um, I started on the residential end as a broker, and there's a lot of brokers in my area, and for several reasons, it just wasn't working out. So I, I actually always wanted to start in the commercial space, um, but the broker that I joined. Um, with said you need to start on the residential side I was like that doesn't really make sense they're two totally different um, fields but no problem I don't mind learning the residential sold a few homes Um, I still like that aspect but I like commercial so much better Um, it's more like practical down to earth like yes or no it's more um, it's, it's less emotionally based than than residential so I got into the commercial space About a year and a half ago, beginning of COVID time, one of my clients had asked me, one of my clients that I sold a property to had asked me to help them find a JV partner, an equity partner. Um, So I tapped into my network of people that I was working with. And within two phone calls, I found him an equity partner. And I'm like, wow, this is really cool. Um, I can totally do this. Um, So fast forward, I've raised over 40 million from JVs and GPs that I've connected. Um, and I decided to take it to the next level and start a private equity fund to raise from LPs as well. So right now I'm raising from LPs, JVs, GPs, pretty much anyone that wants to invest in commercial real estate from 50000 and up, I have an opportunity for you. Um, and I am loving just connecting people. And I started oh obstacles that I ran into. So the initial thing is you just need to know things when you get into the space, right? You're expected to know it all. Um, when you step foot in, right? If you're dealing with a buyer or seller, you have to know what you're talking about. And everyone does start out at zero base level. But when you're talking to big buyers or sellers or big investors, you have to know what you're talking about. So that was a big challenge, like learning everything at a record speed. So I started um, listening to podcasts and reading books, talking to people, asking questions, um, just like trying to do whatever I can to learn everything because I knew nothing about finances before this, like I knew about speech language pathology and I knew about being a mom, and that was about it. Um, like my husband and I had this running joke between us that we were in a workshop—he would work and I would shop. Um, the extent of my financial <laughs> knowledge was just swiping the credit card. Um, so I love it. Yeah, so I also like really wanted to learn more. Uh, that was another pull that got me into it. Uh, like when we bought our first home, I didn't even know what a mortgage was at the time. That's how crazy things were. Um, so I quickly, quickly learned, I listened to so many podcasts and, um, I'm loving the journey. I feel like I became like a little ADD and I just can't stop learning and, and doing and investing and connecting. So absolutely loving the space.
0: Yeah. And I think Uh, it's... you got an amazing story. And I love that. So I want to backtrack a little bit and touch on a few things. First of all, uh, I do want to touch on the fun, but we're gonna to get to that a little bit later. Um, in terms of when you, you said you made it into commercial real estate, was it about a year and a half ago when you first got into commercial real estate?
1: Is that is that accurate? More, well, before that, it's been more. I, I can't pinpoint exactly, but it's definitely been been longer than that. Yeah. Okay. So, so I want to backtrack
0: to another thing too. So uh, I'm familiar with a lot of uh, residential real estate estate agents. You know, I kind of, I know quite a few of them and I know people who've wanted to get into commercial and stuff like this, but it seems like most of them do start in residential. And, you know, like you said, you really didn't want to start into residential. You want to go straight to commercial. Why do you think you were kind of pushed into going into residential? Why is that kind of like usually the first step and maybe the only step for some sales agents in real estate?
1: People think that it's, This should be the first step at a shim because they're two totally different animals. Um, Residential sales and commercial sales are totally different. There is a lot of similarities. So technically you can get your start on a smaller scale, um, but they are very different. It's commercial real estate comes down to the numbers. Do the numbers match up? Residential real estate is more emotionally based um, where, you know, people are buying based on what they like. Obviously, the process of, you know, the deposit and all of the, con- the contracts and everything involved is similar. But uh, I just didn't want to be a marriage counselor or a psychologist. <laughs> so, um, so, I'm you know, have to maintain it for my own life, not for others. And I just like, you know, but I was like bottom line, very realistic down to earth. Does it work? Does it not work? Finish. Yes. Yes. No, no. Move on. Right. um, But I I don't know why people um, think that you have to go into residential first. If you have proper training in commercial, um, go straight to commercial.
0: Right. And I totally agree with that. But I do see it common that a lot of people do start a residential. I guess maybe they think it's easier or something. Right. But do you, just to your point where you're saying earlier, you know, uh, commercial side, it's very objective. Right. There's less there's less uh, subjectivity, you know, emotions and stuff. It's all about the numbers. And if the numbers make sense, then that's what it is. That's commercial real estate. So I love that you brought that up. And, and
1: you another know, since point, you go ahead. Yeah. No, just another point I just thought of is that maybe people start in residential because it's with it's their local. Uh, meaning they start with the, where they live whereas commercial oftentimes you're searching for a property that's um you have to travel for or it's you know far out and a long drive away so maybe that's just something i thought of right now
0: Absolutely, I think I think you're absolutely right. A lot of people stay in their market, and that's just where they land, right? And for some people, they move on, and some people they don't. That's just where they stay their whole careers. I think it's very interesting. But uh, I do want to move on to something that I found very interesting. You know, you moved into the commercial space. You've been very successful. uh, You know, as a sales agent there, and uh, that's amazing, especially in a short period of time. But then, you know, you said you went on to raise was it over forty million dollars? And it's a quick period of time, right? You raised that pretty quickly. What
1: was the timeline for that? Uh, well, since the beginning of COVID. So what is it like? Uh, 19 okay. Months? Yeah. So that well, even, that's... It was even shorter. Like um, 30 of it was within eight months. And then, uh, yeah, it was, I have so... to calculate exactly how much, but it's over 40.
0: <laughs> so, so I have a question. So, so, you know, you said you raised that 30 million in an eight month, eight month period. Had you, had you have raised any capital before that eight month period at that point?
1: None. None. I, I didn't know. You're going to laugh at me, but when that person called me, I didn't even know that it was such a business. Raising equity was a whole business. I thought I was going to do him a favor and find him capital. Like that's how much I knew at the time. Um, And I didn't either know that there was an SEC. Like I quickly, quickly learned. And um, (laughs) I quickly learned everything um, very fast. Like I posted something on social media. Someone's like, you know, you have to make sure that's SEC approved. I'm like, oh, tell me about that. Like, let me know. So I quickly, (laughs) I quickly learned. And I've since, um, I think by now, I think I know more than, Many SEC certified or, you know, attorneys, whatever they call themselves. Um, I speak to some people and I'm like, I know more than them at this point. Um, yeah. So before I even started my fund, actually, I interviewed 14 attorneys, 14 SEC attorneys, uh, just to gain their um, perspective and hear their thoughts and also to see who I want to work with. So um, the reason I chose the one I did was because. This is my first time going to a fund and it's my first time doing it. And I wanted to make sure I understand everything really well. And he came, he gave me the time of day to really explain everything to me and make sure I understand everything. So that, that was the final reason I went with the one I did because I need to know it. I need to know everything.
0: Absolutely right. This isn't just, I mean, this is a, a real game we're playing here. You know, this is yeah. uh, the real, the real deal. And, you know, I think it's amazing just, just the fact that you kind of found your way into this situation where you're kind of, you know, helping people raise money and stuff like that. I think that's phenomenal because a lot of people spend their careers and it may take them a long time to raise $30 million, a long time. And you, you raise it very quickly, right? So I think that's amazing. Yeah. Um and so what is and like you said, you kind of kind of stumbled into it and then um and then you learned really fast. Do you think getting kind of thrown into the fire like that kind of really helped you? You seem like a very motivated person. Do you think so do you think like getting thrown in the fire really kind of pushed you in that direction to, oh, this may be something I I, I really want to do.
1: I'm very motivated and I'm a goal oriented person. Like I I look like for myself, I like to just challenge myself and achieve goals. I'm a little crazy like that. Um, but, um, but, uh, what got me into it is it's more like, um, making connections. So I feel like whether I'm making connections between people and properties or people and money or money and properties, however it is, I just see it as connecting people at bottom line. So it's whether I'm searching for investors or buyers or sellers, I just see it as all the same. So just connecting.
0: Absolutely. So, you know, Networking is huge, right? It's a, it's one of the biggest pieces of this puzzle, and you know, you being a serial networker, uh, you know, like yourself, self, self it, coins, yeah, right. Well, hey, it's fine, you know that that works, but uh, you know, uh, you really pay it's really paid dividends in your career, obviously, right? I mean, you raise you made raise money very quickly. You've been very successful as a, a sales agent in the commercial space, and now you're starting a fund on the investment side, being an investment manager. You know, this is a lot, and you've done a lot at a rapid pace. What are some of the mes- methods you use to like? you know, create your network and create such a broad network that's helped you achieve this success.
1: It's so funny. People are like, what's your method? Like, what are you doing? Uh, and I'm like, I have none. I have no method. <laughs> I have no um, I'm just going out there. Like I I'm overshareish. I, I share a lot on social media. So I think, um, people like that to a certain extent. Like um, they get to see who I am. So they kind of like trust me and they see the life I'm living. And I I share a lot. I share my kids. I share my family, not my husband. He doesn't like me on social media, (laughs) but uh, I respect him. But um, but my kids and my journey and what I'm up to, I'm constantly sharing where I'm going, conferences. I like to go to conferences. I like meeting people. I like hearing people's stories. I think one of my attributes that really helped me in this thing is that I'm very honest. Like I'm very transparent. So um, I don't hide things from investors. I don't hide things from buyers if i know that there's something faulty with the property i'm going to tell the buyer um so i think like people resonate with that as well that i i'm a kind of authentic i am authentic and i try to be as transparent as possible um and if if i know that someone's not a good sponsor i will not go near them or raise money for them you know i'm, I'm very selective about who um i i raise for and who i'm working with um so i think that that's one of the qualities that help help me get, get through. But in terms of social media, I have no, no, uh, no method that I'm using. I'm just like doing whatever I feel like at the moment.
0: Well, you know, we see you all over social media and you're putting some good stuff out there. We love seeing you on there. It's a, it's, it's fun to, it's fun to follow you for sure. And, you know, speaking about, um, kind of, you know, this responsibility you have, you know, dealing with clients, you know, you want to tell them the truth, but that's that's what you're doing as a fiduciary, right? That's that's who you are as a sales agent. And it seems like you've kind of permeated that through your entire life, your entire career, right? Especially with investors and whatever you're doing in life, you are the fiduciary for your investors or your clients, or whatever. And I think that's amazing that, you know, you hold that true and that's that's yeah. just come a part of you, right? And so I do want to ask another question about networking because I think it's huge. And obviously your network is massive, right? And you're a self-proclaimed serial networker. And I think that's, I think it's amazing, but you know, uh, after speaking with uh, many people, particularly in the real estate sales business, uh, you know uh, one occurring issue that I hear over and over and over again is maintaining the network uh, and following up. Really, is really what the issue is. But really, you know, this can apply to different different areas, sales, an mm-hmm. uh, investing side, anything. But considering your track record, and I don't really have any methods, but uh, w- what are some things maybe that people should be doing to help maintain the network. I know you said conferences and stuff like that, but then also like stay top of mind with clients and investors. Cause you know, that follow-up is one of the yeah. biggest things you can do.
1: So it's a problem because the more followers you have and the more people you're working with, it's harder to follow up with, um, you know, more people. And I don't like those generic emails that come in and, you know, that's not called following up. Following up is following up one-on-one that's you know, what I consider, but it is hard to follow up with everyone individually, especially since I'm working with more and more people. So I end up following up more with the people that I'm working with at the time. Mm. Um, I guess that just naturally happens, but it's, it's a good point. It's important to follow up and, um, uh, you know, it's as challenging as it is, it's, it is important.
0: Well, I think it's, I think it's great that you said you're following with people that you're close with, that you're really working with right at the time. Cause I think a lot of people, they try to do that, that shallow follow-up, right. And, you know, maybe sometimes it'll work, maybe like you said, like an email or something, a shallow follow-up, mm-hmm. but uh, maybe it'll work sometimes, but really what you want to do is you really want to do a deep dive and connect with those people, right. Those people that you really want to work with. So uh, I think that's, that's a good point there. All right, Esther, I want to move into the investing side. We've kind of talked about your sales agent experience and uh, you brought up the fund earlier. Let's Let's talk a little bit about that, and then uh, for our listeners who may not really understand what that is, can you explain what a fund is and how that operates?
1: Sure. So um, for me, since I'm not a broker dealer, I the only ways one can raise money is if they're a GP on the deal, if it's their deal, or um, so that that's one way. I you know sometimes people bring me on as a GP. I do work on the on the deal, and I sometimes help raise. Every deal is a different situation. And I always put my own money into every single deal that I raise for. Um, So that's just things that I'm going to be doing through my fund. My fund is something new that I'm starting out. um, Since I had that experience on the JV and the GP side, which is amazing that I raised so much money, but that was easier than raising from LPs. When people say raising money is hard, it is very hard to raise money from LPs. Um, so that's something that I'm like excited to take on and challenge myself with. I did um, syndicate a deal or two um, through without the fund, but now I'm starting the fund, which I'm going to go through so I can either raise, um, I could either go in as a GP or I can go in as an accredited investor into deals. So my criteria for the fund is commercial real estate and um, the way I'm choosing deals is I, I'm not asset-based or, or location-based. I am going by the sponsor. I have to really like the sponsor. So people reach out to me. They ask me if I can help them raise. I do some research on the sponsor. I want to have a conversation with them. If I kind of like them, then I will ch- check their track record. If their track record checks off, I, I'd like to find an investor that had invested with them in the past, and get their feedback on it. If if a sponsor has repeat investors, that's something I, I would love. You know, I would love to raise for that sponsor. Like I, I want to hear that someone has repeat investors. That means a lot. Um, so I kind of base it off the sponsor, which I think is more important than the actual deal. Once I like the sponsor, I do want to um, have nice returns for the investors. So it's generally it's going to be minimum fourteen percent IRR. But in some cases, the investments are ground up development where they're not receiving um, cash flow for some time. It's a longer hold. So it's a deal by deal situation, pretty much. But a commercial real estate with good sponsors—that's my criteria.
0: I love that, you know. And you know, being a passive investor myself, the the main thing is uh, the sponsor, right? I mean, he's gonna, that the sponsor is going to make or break the deal. You could have a, a a great deal and a bad sponsor, and that deal just goes down the toilet. But then, you know, you have a mediocre deal or just an okay deal, and a great sponsor—they're going to turn that thing into a diamond, right? So, I think that's that's a great point you made about bringing uh, the sponsor. Do you have something you want to add to that?
1: Was, yeah, I did hire an underwriter as well that underwrites the deals. Um, so once I like the sponsor, um, I have to make sure the deal is a solid deal. So I hired a top uh, lender that's going to be underwriting my deals um, to make sure that it's, you know, that it's worthy for me to bring in investors. And like I said, I invest in every single deal that I raise for. So I have to really like the deal in order to raise for it. Absolutely. I have my own skin in the game.
0: Absolutely, I love to hear that. You know, as as a passive investor, you know, getting into deal with other people, hearing that they're investing their own money, I think that's that's amazing. You know, especially if it's a fund of funds model, if it's a syndicator, uh, just having having that person who's who's helping facilitate the deal put their own money, like you said, put their skin in the game. I think is is absolutely critical. And uh, I love to hear that, uh, Esther. So love to hear that you're putting that fund together. I do have a cup just one more quick question for you. Um, I got to ask this. So you know, you're you're an entrepreneur, you're a philanthropist. You're a mother of 8 you're a commercial sales agent. You're, you're starting your own fund. How do you do it? I mean, I just got to ask how, how do you do it? I mean, that's just, it's crazy. That's so much.
1: Yeah. I'm probably the craziest person (laughs) you'll ever meet. How do I do it? Um, I work hard. I work really hard. Um, I work around the clock and between my kids Obviously, my kids are priority. Uh, yesterday, I really wanted to go to some events, and I signed up for it. My kids like just wanted the day off, and they planned this whole thing themselves. And I'm like, okay, sure, no problem. Whatever. I bit my tongue, and we went out with them. Um, and I missed the events. But, you know, where can, where can wait? That's the nice thing about this. I mean, obviously, you have deadlines that you have to abide by, and those things I make sure to meet. But, you know, an email that can go out a half hour later, my kids will come first. So that's, um, you know, my kids are always priority. I have help at home. I have someone that cleans my house. So if you come in and it looks messy, I don't really care. Um, like I, I stopped looking at the mess because um, there's only so much I can do. Um, I have some help cooking. Uh, last the last year has been insanely busy, so I didn't have much time to cook. Um, I try to delegate as much as possible. I am still learning how to delegate. It's not my strong point, um, but I'm trying so hard, and it's hard. It's a lot of work. It really, really is. I love what I do, but I work a lot, like around the clock. My my calendar is like set minute by minute. Sometimes on some days, like I have to write everything down, or it doesn't happen. So um, yeah, my calendar is my second Bible.
0: I love to hear that. You know, I I think it's amazing what you're doing, you know, to to be able to do all that, have raised a family, eight kids, you know, and be able to do those things. I think it's absolutely amazing. Uh, You're a rock star for sure. And I want everybody listening to know that if you think you don't have time to do something, just go, just go talk to Esther, you know, go, go follow her on social media to see what she's got going on. I promise you, you have time to get it done. Esther, if Esther's doing it, you have time. So I just want to say that's awesome. Esther, Uh, love to hear
1: that. Just watching me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> there you go there you go i love to hear that uh after you know it's been great uh you know hearing your story getting to know more about you and what you got going on but before we get out of here we want to take some time and shine the spotlight on you so you told us a little about your fund tell us a little bit more else you got going on and how our listeners can get in contact with you if they want to do so
1: sure so i have I currently i have so many deals that i'm direct to the sponsor that are looking for equity um so um, as my list of um, need grows, I'm, I'm looking to increase my list of investors that are willing to sponsor, willing to partner with amazing sponsors, um, and that I, I connect them with, and I can vouch for many of them. Um, so that is an opportunity for anyone that wants to invest in commercial real estate, whether they're, they they want to go in as an LP, a JV, or a GP. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active over there. Uh, as Esther rises, Vine on Instagram I am SD I believe um Facebook Loan Vine. you can email me at sdrises.com i have a website that's not active at the moment but it's esterises.com um I'm all over social media. Besides, for Twitter, it's not good for my health.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love to hear that. I love to hear. It. So, right, Esther, we're going to make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes so people can reach out to you, get a hold of you, uh, see what you got going on. I know you got a crazy life, so they can they can witness that. Love to see it. But uh,
1: all out there, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Esther. It's been great having you on the show. Really appreciate you talking with me today. Thanks so much for having me. This is fun. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show, and while you're there, we'd really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to
1: you soon.